Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Is there something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? I know I've been through it. I've had problems at work, problems in relationships, uh, you know, even problems as a parent. Sometimes you don't know where to turn to or who to talk to, particularly when you you don't want to talk to someone who knows you, who might have a bias or might hold what you're going to say against you. You want to talk to someone who's experienced and licensed and at the same time distant and removed from you. BetterHelp is here to help. They'll assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. This is professional counseling done securely online. There's a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in many areas. The service is available for clients worldwide. I know many of our listeners are listen to us from other countries, whether it's Canada, Australia, somewhere in Europe somewhere in Asia or somewhere in Africa, look, you guys can access this as well. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. So you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available for those who need it. 
BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit their website. Read the testimonials. They're posted daily. For instance, this one from user NU after counseling with Denise Wall Marlin for two years on issues concerning depression, stress, anxiety, and self-esteem. Quote, I have found Denise to be an excellent counselor. She has broad experience in all techniques to get rid of anxiety and ruminating thoughts and always puts things in perspective for me. I recommend her 100%. Hell, I hear that one. I, I want to sign up with Denise because I know ruminating thoughts and anxiety is something I deal with all the time. So here's what you can do, and I'll do it too. Visit betterhelp.com B-O-M. That's better H-E-L-P and join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. It's a special offer going right now for our listeners here on Bomb. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash B-O-M. That's betterhelp.com slash B-O-M. Welcome back to another episode of Growing Up the Same. I'm your host, Trevon Edwards, and joined always by my co-host, Jason Madison. What's going on, Jason? What up, Trey? Not much. And today we have a special guest. We have Noel Quinn. What's going on, Noel? What's going on? <laughs> Nothing much. Uh, Noel Quinn is a former American professional basketball player for the Seattle Storm of the WNBA, now as an assistant coach for the Seattle Storm and head coach for a former high school, Bishop Montgomery in Torrance, California. Noel, this is the one of the two. Are you ready? Ready. All right. East side or west side? West side all day. Flight or cruise? I'm sorry, oh, flight or cruise? Uh, flight. Phoenix or Seattle? Mm, Seattle. Um, the Goosebumps books, Say Cheese and Die or Night of the Lim- Living Dummy? Ooh, Night of the Living Dummy was lit. <laughs> uh, Eurostep or Crossover? Mm, I'm old school, Crossover. Sarah or Bernard's? Uh, right now, I'll say Bernard. Sarah's our rival. Mozart or Beethoven? Good one. Uh... Beethoven. Pat Summit or Gina Ariema? Pat Summit, rest in peace. Die Hard or Lethal Weapon? Ooh, Lethal Weapon. Christmas or New Year's? Uh, go Christmas. Sugar cookies or candy canes? <laughs> Sugar cookies for sure. <laughs> Crooklyn or Bebe's Kids? Oh, wow. Um, we don't die, we multiply. <laughs> Baby's kids. Waiting to exhale or how Stella got her groove back? Jeez, these are great. Uh, Waiting to ex- exhale. Dame or Russ? Uh, West Side Huss. <laughs> uh, Cynthia Cooper or Cheryl Miller? Dang. Um, I'll go with Coop. Lisa Leslie or Elena Deladon? Lisa Leslie all day. 
Sue Bird or Diana Taurasi? Dang. <laughs> uh, we'll go Sue Bird. Shell Swoops or Candace Parker? Wow. Um, again, old school, so Swoops. Jordan or LeBron? Jordan. Magic or Kobe? Mm, magic. <laughs> Aladdin or Beauty and the Beast? Uh, Aladdin. The Lion King or Toy Story? Lion King, easy. TV or movies? New TV or old TV? Reality TV, we talk about sick, you know. Uh, I'll go, I'll go TV, back in the day TV. Yeah. 2000 or 2010? Dang. Uh, 2000. Kendrick or Drake? Kendrick. World on Wheels or Skate Depot? <laughs> Uh, I'm from LA, so World on Wheels. Del Taco or Taco Bell? Uh, Taco Bell. Fat Burger or In and Out? Uh, I like Fat Burger. Okay, I feel it. Me too. <laughs> I, I I I mess with both though, so I I, I would. <laughs> it's a hard choice. <laughs> I really was. I just was thinking about the fries. Really, like, what's yeah. my fry option? <laughs> right, right. Um, a cat or a dog? Uh, the dog. R one hundred six or ninety four point seven. The wave. Ooh, the wave is lady. <laughs> <laughs> Staple Center or the form? The form. Pizza or tacos? Tacos. Elon Musk or Bill Gates? Mm. Wow. Um, <laughs> Elon Musk. Do you think the Matrix is real or fake? What are you talking about real? Is it in, in real life or in Yeah, life? like, do, we, do you think <laughs> we're in a simulation like the Matrix or no? I feel it. I think it's real for sure. 2020 is probably showing us that. Uh, would you rather live forever or be a ghost that interacts with the living? That is creepy. I'll just live forever. <laughs> <laughs> the last one, ketchup or barbecue sauce? Oh, um, I like ketchup, so I'll go ketchup. For sure. That's the one too. <laughs> Man, you you have me over here like oh, some of the questions, bro. Like for real, every every week, every week. All right, let's jump right into it. Uh, Noel, we're gonna go to blast of the past. Uh, tell us about your relationship with pianos. Oh yeah, um, I have a great relationship. I actually have a piano in my home right now. Um, my mom entered me into. Piano lessons, it was like called Roscoe School of Music or something. They would come up to the school um, and they had a, a lot of instruments, right? I wanted to, to play the joint. What's the, 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 the xylophone or the one that's like flute? Nah, the one that's not even like an instrument, like you just blowing it and it, it makes like weird noise. Oh, recorder, right? Like, yeah, like when okay. I was yeah. like, no, <laughs> pick up this piano. So um, I learned how to play the piano in second grade and from there, like just learn how to read music. So, I mean, I know Alicia Keys or anything, but 
um, I since I'm able to read music, I still play today. Um, so I thought that was dope. It was something um, other than you know, open or hanging out that um, kept me focused and into music. So. What song do you know how to play, or what's the what's your favorite song that you like to play on the piano? Um, I could play. I'll say my favorite genre is like R and B. <laughs> Um, love songs, but I play, I can play a, a range of songs. My favorite will probably be um, Stevie Wonder's, uh, what is it? A Ribbon in the Sky. Oh, that's fire. Dang, that's a good song. It's a classic wedding song right there. Do you, do, do, you, uh, do you have a piano in your house now? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I have a, it was like my housewarming gift for my mom. She brought me like a little baby grand. So especially during the pandemic, I've been um, playing it a lot more, having a lot more time. Um, so, I mean, I got books, I got sheet music. I'm um, I'm a little nice with it, but you know. <laughs> we do we get a chance to get a concert <laughs> one day? <laughs> for the concert. Yeah, there we go. We could just put the cash out and yeah. they just you know, get it fired up. Yeah, that's a fact. Yeah. That's dope, man. I always envy people that know how to play instruments. I probably would have known, but I just, you know, like my boy just picked up a trumpet and he's starting to learn now. And I think it's it's so cool. I just don't. I don't know if my attention spans allows me to do that right now. Um, so I see that you were into Goosebumps, the book. Now we had a conversation. I was telling you about the TV show, and you were unaware of the TV show. But let's 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 get into this book. Uh, who introduced you to Goosebumps books? Yeah, you. I don't know if you guys remember like the Scholastic book orders that I used to get at school. Um, I saw those there, and then. Um, Maybe a, a friend at school had a goosebump, but I'm not going to even hold you. It was probably because the book, the, the cover of the book was so appealing with like the, the, um, the whatever uh, type of material they use, it kind of poked out so you kind of feel the book. Um, but then they're, you know, obviously very interesting horror mysteries and <laughs> kind of quirky. Um, so I say like my friends were probably reading it and then just the aesthetic of it made me want to to start collecting them and, and reading them. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I didn't think about the fact that you actually could touch the cover and like it came out a little bit and you could right. kind of feel the image. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, that was actually really dope. I loved Goosebumps books. I think I read the first 100. Like what I was gonna was, say is it's supposed to because it's goosebumps. Yeah. Like, get it? Like you're supposed right. to feel the texture of the cover. I mean, I'm not trying to be a smarty pants um, because during book fairs, I didn't have enough money. Well, actually, I'm lying because I did have money, but my money didn't go towards books. It went towards like video games and stuff like that. So like whenever we have a book fair, I would just go and look and try to get a quick peek and really tap in like that. But I had homies that had the book. But once the TV show came on, that was like my alternate. Um, what is some of your favorite um titles from 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 those uh from that from that series 
Yeah, it was. I was trying to look at him. I remember like uh, eat worms or something. Get worms, yeah. like one of my favorites. And yeah. I think maybe I did see the visual for that one. And once I got the visual, I read it. And then once I got the visual, I was like, oh, okay. Like, um, it's so interesting watching. But um, the mummy, you, you brought it up in the questions, uh, Jason. The mummy. The night of the living dummy. Dummy, mummy, dummy. Yeah. yeah, one of those. Um, it was crazy titles, uh, but those are it's so nostalgic thinking back. Um, I don't know if I was like infatuated with just collecting them to have them or just <laughs> or reading them. You know? I mean, it was everything at that time. If you had Goosebumps collection or any type of books, like you were, you were it in class. You know what I mean? Like it didn't matter. Like if you had those, like those are like up there with Lisa Frank and all that right. other stuff, and you know, Trapper Keepers and. You know what I mean? When you think neon and all that other shit, like it was really fire, like having that stuff and it gave you cool points. So I could totally yeah. see why people had them. Yeah. And the goosebumps, <clears throat> they were kind of pioneers in the, um, it's funny because I don't know if you guys watch black mirror, but they just did this in the choose your own ending. Right. They were, I think they were the first book series to do that right. where it was like, you know, you read like 70 pages to the book and then it stops and then you can either go to page 128 or page 95. <laughs> and so that was the first uh, time I ever remember that happening. And then I think also <clears throat> it kind of laid the groundwork for Animorphs, which I never read those books. Those are pretty popular. Yeah, I, I was pretty tapped out on that, man. Yeah, I think I was, that was like the generation below me, but um yeah, I, man, I was obsessed with Goosebumps. I never even watched the show, to be quite honest with you. I just oh, it's so it. fire, man! When that like, I, I get hyped anytime Halloween comes around because I know that vine's gonna come up and where the girls playing the piano and just that. When I used to hear that, I would. That was probably Power Rangers, Goosebumps, VR Troopers. That whole lineup was like. Something to look forward to when oh, you're out I of did, school. I do remember. Actually, you know what? I'm lying. I did watch that show because it came on right around Power Rangers. And all yeah, that. bro. It, was the, it had the little nice little spot at 4 p.m. You know what I'm saying? Get your little snack, do your homework, and then pull up, watch it, and then go talk about it with your friends in the neighborhood. Um, yeah. I was a former school, school teacher, so any book fair, anytime I seen Goosebumps, I would put it in our you know on our shelf so as for we for us to have it in our classroom and i actually got in trouble for it um just because it was kind of like some parents didn't want to introduce that imagination to their kids at such a young age was which we were raised completely different you know what i mean like just growing up fast you know what i mean overall but man I, i'm so i'm so grateful to grow up during those times because it was just it helps us now be so creative and, and be open to new things. Absolutely. So that was definitely cool. Uh, so we had another topic, basketball. Okay. Who introduced you to basketball? It's so funny. Like I feel, I always say kind of basketball, you know, introduced itself to me. Um, I would, my mom would say the teachers were like, Noel was playing at recess with the boys and, um, she's pretty good, like, you know, and um, from there, my mom, uh, like the, the teachers were like, you should put her into sports and stuff or put her into basketball, organized basketball. So like around eight years old, 
I started playing at Westchester Park. I was the, the only girl on my team. Matter of fact, Trevor was on my team <laughs> uh, one year growing up, Trevor Reza. Um, and just from there, I, I fell in love with it. I grew up watching the Showtime Lakers. So I grew up watching Magic. And um, it was a it was or, organic interest. It wasn't no one forced me to play. Um, my mom, my parents, my family were like, you're going to do this. It was kind of like something that I picked up and I loved right away. So, and I still do, you know. So you picked it up at eight and it was organic and it came to you and you got a chance to really enjoy it. What made you say, you know what, I want to do this, you know, like I really want to stick to this and really pursue it. Yeah, I, I don't, I honestly don't know what it was other than the joy and the love of it. Um, obviously growing up, you don't, as a, as a woman or as a young girl, you don't say, okay, I'm going to eventually play in the WNBA because it wasn't established then. I was growing up saying like, oh, okay, I want to play in the NBA, like not knowing, you know what I mean? Um, but I just think um, my circle, uh, my friends played, uh, my family is a sport family, I, I like to say, and um, I think that just kind of kept the passion um, going. And as we got better um, as a team and as I got better as an individual, that's when I even started to realize that I can pursue it at a different level, which was high school and then college and so forth. But even I think in the moment, it wasn't like a dream to, to go make money to do this. It was like, I really love this and I enjoy it. It's just hoop all day, you know. I think did it's – oh, go ahead. Did you have like a um... – like a basketball mentor? Was it somebody in your family or like like a coach or somebody that, you know, taught you how to shoot or, you know, really worked with your game like that? I, w I would like to say my early coaches were kind of my inspirations. Um, Robert Ambers was my co first coach and um, Jerry Chambers, he worked at Westchester Park. He was an old school, like NBA player. Yeah. Uh, he had these skill, skill clinics actually. And I, I actually did the skill clinics with Jerry before I started playing. So that's another thing. So he would just introduce you to jump stops, pivots, ball handling, like the stuff that <laughs> these kids aren't really learning now. Yeah, it's lack of fundamentals now. Yeah. So, you know, at eight years old, I'm learning the correct footwork for left and right hand layups. And it wasn't like a personal training thing. It was just a skills clinic every week that they would have at the park. Um, and from there, Jerry told my mom, like, she's ready. And my mom was like, okay. And so that's when I started playing in the leagues. But those two guys um, really helped me from the beginning. And honestly, never had like a trainer, just kind of, I was big on looking, like watching. And then I'll go in the backyard or go outside and like emulate what I saw. And um, I'm glad that I was watching the correct players, you know what I mean? You know what's funny? And I look at it now, I don't think we had trainers. It, was, it wasn't really a thing. I think you really kind of picked up what you picked up. Yeah. If you were old enough to go play with the older players, if they let you. That's the thing. Like, you could be the nicest person at your age and still might not get on the court until you're probably like 16, 17, right. where they actually say, you know what, now they can run. You know what I mean? And, like, it's not like that anymore. You got kids getting worked out at 8, 9, 10 years old, learning these moves, and just kind of just – playing so many games we had a guest on prior prior to you coming on and we talked about you know just like you said the lack of fundamentals the lack of just actually just enjoying the game versus it's become a job 
already for some people, you know, and, and that's where the burnout happens, you know, um, but that, that's good. So what did you, um, how did you feel first discovering the WNBA? Because it came out during, you know, that right time and some legends, you know, when they're prime, they were kind of, some people were behind, like some women were behind past their prime and still gave it a shot. Mm-hmm. How did you feel about seeing a league created for women? Yeah, it was amazing. Um, my mom got season tickets early on. So we were at the forum. That's why I chose the forum because it's so nostalgic. Um, we would go, it was like 97, 98, I believe, and I was in middle school. And I mean, to this day, my mom still has season tickets for the Sparks. So I grew up watching Lisa. I grew up watching like the old school Sparks. <laughs> and I, I saw the first game, like the, the, the clip that you see of them tossing up the, um, the ball, like the, very, the inaugural game, the clip that you actually see in Love and Basketball <laughs> when she's playing for the Sparks at the end, I was at that game too. So I think just to be able to see um, women who look like me um, playing basketball and it, it wasn't obviously the a money thing at that point like in my mind it was just like wow this is a professional league for hoopers and um, like you're saying like Coop she was you know she had played overseas for so long and then came into the league and is you know in her mid-30s or whatever still hooping getting buckets and I think um, there's just a culmination of a, a lot of hard work and I think for a young girl, being able to watch that, it gave me a lot of inspiration. And I was just cheering for the hometown team, not really thinking like I can one day play in this league, but just happy that um, to see women hooping, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, I remember, um, man, Coop had us doing the, 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 the raise the roof and the comments were so nice, obviously. Yeah. I, I mean, at that time, you know, it was so many talented women joining that league and being able. I remember the big deal about Rebecca Lobo and, you know, yeah. Swoops. And Swoops had all the all signature sneaks with Nike. And, you know, you can just go down the line with, with, with so much talent in, in, in that league starting up. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you don't yeah. like to toot your own horn, <laughs> but um, <laughs> shook your head. Um, what made you choose the high school that you went to? Cause you're a pretty damn good high school player. I know you won't say it, but I'll say it. <laughs> Thank you. Actually, me and my mom were just talking about this the other day. Um, Bishop Montgomery isn't a school that you just grow up saying, oh, I want to go to Bishop Montgomery and you know, for high school. What happened was we, um, our close family friends, um, Devon pieces, actually um, the pieces I probably know Dr. Pieces, uh, everybody's pediatrician, um, his family are, I'm really close with them. And um, my older cousin actually went there first. Um, and, I, and, and Uncle D, he was setting to coach the, the, the team there or, or coach the team there prior. So me, me and my little group of, um, you know, girl hoopers, we're just gonna go to Bishop together. Um, and since Devon went there, we were able to see the campus. We were able to see the atmosphere. Um, I went to Westchester Lutheran was a private uh, school. So my mom wanted to keep me in a private school. Um, and then just chose it just off of like the strength of <laughs> the pieces really. And um, what we we're going to, you know, pursue there and um, hopefully bring along other people. But it was just super random, I think. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, it was like a, yeah, a, young, a young LeBron, you brought the team with you. I brought the team. <laughs> But check it out. After freshman year, they left. 
Like, I was transferred out, just left me. So I'm like, all right, just let me carry us. <laughs> right. So we had to rebuild. And you guys end up winning the CIF, right? Yeah, we did. We won, we won three CIFs and then we won four state championships, which is crazy. Yeah. Wow. Well, so where did you guys play for the uh, state championship? We played in Arc at that time. It was called Arco Arena. Arco Arena, the Kings Arena. Kings Arena. Um, so yeah, I was we was in Arco every year <laughs> on the NBA floor, out of breath. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's a whole nother world right there. When you see the spacing and everything coming from high school court to that. Oh my God! Yeah. See, it ain't too many people that get to go down to Arco when when it was a thing. So that's that's definitely a blessing. And then you decided to stay home for college. What made you stay home? Just me being a homebody. Um, I think UCLA was always in my heart to go. I always wanted to be a Bruin, and um, I'll tell this story like when I was in. Uh, middle school, I, I don't remember what grade we were in, but we had this project in one of our classes to write a letter to ourselves 10 years down the road. And um, in that, our teacher ended up email, uh, mailing us, it was like a obviously written letter at the time, <laughs> um, mailing us that letter 10 years later. And in that letter, I said that I wanted to uh, attend UCLA and be in the WBA. So I'm reading a letter 10 years later, I'm like, dang, this is, I'm, I'm doing this stuff, which is pretty cool. So being a Bruin, I feel like it was just always in my heart to be that. Um, I got to stay close to home. Um, my family was able to come see me play. Um, just there, there wasn't, it was not an, an established women's basketball program. So going to a place where you can kind of establish that um, and just, you know, go to one of the best schools in LA. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's why I chose it. Nice. And then how was it feeling like getting drafted to the WNBA? Like I know from thinking that you didn't know any better to, you know, hey, I can go to the NBA to there's a league for me. Yeah. And then being good and going, you know, going to win championships in high school and CIF to go play as a Bruin at home and now make it to the WNBA. How was that? Yeah, uh, I'm honestly surreal. <laughs> I remember just sitting there in the draft room on draft day and you're just like waiting for your name to be called, um, not knowing what's going to happen. You know, they project these things and anything can happen on draft day. Um, I think that up until that point, you know, I was just hooping. Like I wasn't, doing it for the accolades. I was I just doing it because I loved it. Um, and obviously wanting to win and having um, this competitive drive, but being able to play at the highest level, get drafted, um, it's still, I still remember it to this day. I remember how I felt. I remember what I was wearing. <laughs> I remember sitting at the table. I remember what happened white before my name was called. And, um, you know, it's something that no, no one can ever take from me. Like, yeah, you know, um, I've had, I've, I've played at the highest level. Um, I've had amazing teammates. I've had an amazing experience. Um, it's just one of those things that I look back on. I'm like, wow, um, hard work and the sacrifices, um, they really, you know, were for something. And then on top of that, you won a championship as a player and as a coach. Yeah. How was that? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, one of my teammates, well, when we just won in 2020, uh, 
you know, I say my teammate, but the player that I coach was like, how many people have won as a player and a coach? I'm like, I don't know. I'm just happy <laughs> right now. I think, you know, you work to be the best and not necessarily, I don't think I had an amazing professional career, but I had a great experience and I was able to cultivate so many great relationships and uh, friendships that I could like have for the rest of my life. And, um, see the world I played overseas as well so to be able to say I am a world champion two time holla at me <laughs> like I mean that just is like the icing on the cake because a lot of people work super hard to be a champion and never um uh prevail they you know what I mean and to be um in the upper echelon of just names and players and people who have done it i'm just super grateful and appreciative i don't take that for granted at all it doesn't happen a lot so i'm just happy did you ever find out the answer to that question of who i haven't i haven't i know um one other player i think it's like one other person that i know for sure but i i, I have to research it i don't know yeah, and there was some I, – I didn't follow along that closely, but I watched SportsCenter every night. There was some pretty uh, crazy games that you guys had. There was, like, some buzzer beaters and the mm -hmm. comeback victories in these last playoffs. I, I yeah. remember seeing that. Yes. How, how, was, how was that feeling from the sideline not being able to play and just kind of watching them go through that? Yeah, so, like, in 2018, it was toward the end of my career – so as a player, I wasn't like on the court as much. I didn't get a lot of playing time, but I was very, um, had a very big part in us winning um, in the locker room, being the vet on the team. So this year, 2020 was unique because though I was not on the court, I feel like I had more of an impact because now I'm coaching. And, you know, as a player, yeah, you can coach your teammates, but you're, you're still the player. You're not the actual coach. Like now I'm a coach and making decisions and, in timeouts, you know, ATOs, drawing up ATOs, um, you know, speaking to my team, or, you know, like. That's, For our listeners, that's after timeout. <laughs> you know, doing things that was more in depth. And I think 2020, I, I think it was like I had more of an imprint that I did as a player in 2018 winning. And it kind of made it more special for me, not in like a selfish way, but in like a, you know, like you feel it a little bit more so. Yeah, it was crazy to be a part of that. First of all, the season in general, it wasn't just solely going to the bubble to play, but having this platform to talk about social justice issues and dedicating our um, season to Breonna Taylor and uh, Say, Say Her Name campaign. All these things um, were the forefront of, you know, why we went to Florida in the first place. But to go there and win, I'm telling you, like, <laughs> it made it all <laughs> worth it. If we here, we might. Yeah. Them. How did you um? How did you feel about that being a black woman, right? And you know the the, the league, NBA and WNBA is predominantly black. How did you feel having that support from your teammates that weren't black? You know, um, and you know the players that have played for you more so, um, uniting as one. Yeah. It was. Yeah, it was great to see just because, you know, obviously the majority of our players are black, but there are other um, ethnicities in our league. Um, the solidarity that we have as black women, but as women as a whole, I think, you know, you, you think about women in sports and you think about, you know, there are other things we deal with, the, the pay gap and, you know, uh, people saying that we're not a real sport and all these things, but to really 
always be in the front lines, which our league has always been in the front lines when it comes to social justice issues. Like we, <clears throat> we don't back down, um, but to see it across the league for all of our players to um, stand as one and in solidarity with something that impacts the person who's working with you every single day. Um, I think that, you know, it was, it was impactful for me, um, not only to see, you know, it's not only about being black, but it's like, I'm your sister, I ride with you. Uh, we're gonna go through this together. Yeah, man, that's, that's dope. Especially seeing that firsthand, I was just like, wow. You know, just every every night it was a different gesture. You know, you just like, you know, taking the lead for it, and I and and sometimes it's a bit annoying for the NBA, kind of not overshadowing. I mean, I, you know, sports is sports, and it, you know, all athletes using their platform, but you know, just I would say from 2016 and on, you know, it, you know, the WNBA has been very vocal and very unapologetic on how they feel. In, in expressing yourselves. And I think that whether it's, you know, the situation with the Atlanta dream to Breonna Taylor, to, you know, the, the jerseys on the back, the name on the, her name on the back, like it was so much that, that you can just take note from. And it was fearless because you could have got a bunch of backlash from it. You know what I mean? And you guys were um, able to, to do that and lead by example. Sure. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about, the WNBA being an NBA 2K. <laughs> Is it? I'm not a big gamer, though. I did grow up playing Duck Hunt. I forgot about that. Um, I'm not, I think, so when I was playing, we were, I actually, we did the, I don't know what's called, forgive me, but like when they put things on you. Yeah, like, the, the, the bio, uh, the biotech stuff, yeah. And um, I just think that's dope. I think that, you know, it's so interesting. This season, it showed when you put us on TV, like we will watch, and then you, we get new fans and we get more support. So then you put us in a video game that's going to garner even more interest, new fans. And I think that in turn grows our game. But um, obviously we always get the respect from actual N NBA players. They know that our league is great, you know? So being able to be in an actual video game, I don't know if the girls are dunking or what they're doing. So it's a, it's, it's, a slim few and they, they don't do anything crazy but it was just like the graphics are so od yeah. on the playstation 5 i was just looking like wow like those details are really intense but i mean it's it's come a long way i remember the first the first um female basketball players was in um march madness it was college okay. and, they, and they and it was like the older model like early 2000 stuff and it was cool because I used to be interested, like, are they going to have them dunk? Is it going to be unrealistic? And 2K has done a really good job at, you know, giving giving the women their overall rating the right, you know what I mean? Like, whoever's the MVP or whoever's the cream of the crop have those 90s and above ratings. And then they kind of trickle down from there. But, like, again, like, it's it's more so just just pure basketball and they did it all right. They even have the black lives matter on the, on the floor. So it's, it was, it's sick to see. You know, I do remember looking at my rating one time and I thought it was going to be like, I'm not going to even hold you. I thought it was going to be like 50 or something. Oh, wow. <laughs> like in the eighties. I was like, okay, cool. I made it. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, the average. I'm all right. <laughs> so you, so you won in the WNBA. You won a lot when you played in high school. But then in college, 
you didn't win the title. But for me, you know, I, I follow college sports. And one of the most interesting things to me is the fact that there are these crazy dynasties in women's basketball in in college what do you how did you feel about that being in college what do you think of that now yeah you know one of the dynasties in in um you know at the time it was a pac-10 and stanford was always killing us but we actually won a pac-10 championship when i was at ucla um and so just that small sample size of seeing how like stanford will win every year and how deep their team is i was like dang this is great now you look across you know, obviously it was Tennessee growing up. Tennessee used to have Tamika Catchings, like um, Hose Claw, like Autumn Meeks was on the team. Um, and then now obviously UConn when Stewie was there, when Brianna Stewart was there and like what they did every year, Maya Moore and all of them. I think <laughs> it's just like, what are you, what, what, what are y'all telling these players? Like how are you getting the, all the top players to come play for you? But obviously now you want to go to a program that's established, but not only that, you have the WBA, so you have players who want to go and pursue professional basketball. So I'm gonna go to the top schools. I'm gonna go um, to Don Staley because she's a professional. She played. Now she's coaching. I'm gonna go to her. I'm gonna go to Tina Thompson. It's plug. I'm gonna go to Virginia to the right. big homie to Tina Thompson because she played four-time champ in the league, Olympian, all these things. Um, and that's how you continue to build their dynasties, but it's, it's just amazing to me. Um, I'm not a fan of it. I'm going to be honest. Like I'm not a fan of one team always winning every year. Like there's a, a lot more parity within a couple of years um, of the college women's basketball. So you see like Oregon in the final four, you see Mississippi, you see all these other teams um, in the final four and in the tournament in general. And I like that. I like kind of spreading the wealth around because then it's like, you know, the uh, kids are like, I'm going to go to this program and make it great. Now I'm just going to go to the great program um, and just kind of ride the curtails of like all these other great players. I think it's something yeah. to, to say, to speak for, to say, you know, I think it's something deep for a player to say, hey, I'm going to go here and make it great, you know. Yeah, I was really shocked when I saw Mississippi State in the Final Four a couple of years ago. Right. I was like, where they come from? They come yeah. from, right. Yeah, that was dope. Mm -hmm. So being from L.A., uh, I wanted to ask you, what's your favorite childhood memory? Uh, not just basketball, just in general. Just in general. Um, I would, I mean, I would just have to say as a child, just playing outside, just, you know, being with my friends. And I don't, I don't like to say that I'm a tomboy. I don't like to really use that word, but I was just like climbing trees. <laughs> I was playing uh, whatever it was outside. I just um, playing with my cousins. I playing with the neighborhood kids, riding bikes, um, just having fun. Like the nostalgia of like having no worries. Um, ice cream truck coming down. Like you run into the truck. Like just um, the times where things were a lot easier and um, just like free you know what I mean um I'd probably say on the spot I'd probably just say that growing up and um having that freedom outside yeah kids don't go outside anymore man <laughs> I mean if you if you live in if you live in the cold area I don't blame you <laughs> um so it's a question we ask all our guests 
Uh, what advice would you give your 18-year-old self? When I was, so 18, what is that? You just out of high school, heading into college? Is that 18? Um, I would probably say to um, make sure, you know, well, actually where you are now is not your final destination. I'll say that. I think a lot of times when you're in the moment, you think like, oh, this is so horrible. Um, what's going to happen to me or whatever the case may be. I think um, at 18, obviously had an amazing high school career and going to an amazing college. Um, you don't really know what lies ahead. Um, and I would just tell my 18 year old self I had to keep grinding and keep at it. Um, I think that I was very focused um, at that time. The other aspect I would tell my 18 year old self is to, it's okay to have a little fun. <laughs> You'll still get to where you need to get to because the focus and drive is there, but it's all right to be a little bit more social um, and enjoy other moments outside of what you do and grind every day. That's sound advice. Well, Noel, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Thanks for having me.